Hi, I'm Liz Ware. And I'm Rielle Bell, and you're listening to That's Brilliant, a podcast by the American Lighting Association. I've got a bone to pick with this episode, Rielle. I don't want people going around calling me old. Oh, well, you know that you look perpetually 20 to me. Aww. (laughs) Is that the nicest thing I've ever said to you? Is that the first nice thing I've ever said to you? It's the first nice thing you ever said to me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I mean, I don't think anybody really wants that. Um, It has a negative connotation, I suppose. But as our guest today said, we're the lucky ones who get to, you know, age and call ourselves old. Get to age. And... Part of his point is, you know, well taken is, you know, A, if we are lucky enough to age, that's great. And there are things we can do now ahead of time to kind of design our spaces for it. And also for people who are visiting us in our homes to make it easier to see. That's not a bad thing. So if you're lost, our listeners might be lost here. We're talking about lighting <laughs> for the HAI. <laughs> And as we'll learn in this episode, aging eye does not mean necessarily what you think it does. We all have aging eyes from the time we are very young. And so the lighting in our space needs to be designed to allow us to be more comfortable as we age and safer and see better and all of those great things. Absolutely. And we have just the person to tell us all about it. Yes, our guest today is Tom Butters, who is the creative mind and developer behind some of the most well-received educational tools and events in the lighting industry. He has a very diverse background in the lighting industry and most recently serves as the founder and executive director of the Lighting Agora, which is a consortium of of industry experts who provide the lighting community with high-level direction and support and a group that ALA has been working closely with to provide more educational content to our members. So we're really happy to have Tom join us today. We've had several folks from the Lighting Agora on the podcast. So so if you've got some names that aren't really familiar to ALA that you've noticed in the podcast, well, that's because Tom has referred us to some new folks. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Hinkley and Kitchler Lighting for supporting this podcast. Hi, Tom. Thank you for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. So, Tom, I'm not old. No, you're not. I'm probably not going to think of myself as old deep into my 70s. So why do I even need to worry about this yet? Well, you may not be old, but you have relatives perhaps that are old and you have neighbors that are old. And aging is going to happen to all of us lucky ones. And as we age, what happens to our environment shrinks. We were we first born and everything. We have a very tight environment. It's typically our parents' arms. Mm-hmm. And then as we age, our environment expands. It's, it's the room, it's the house, it's the neighborhood, it's the country, it's the world. And as we age, the reverse happens. And so You've got the world, then you only hang around in your country, then only in your neighborhood, then only in your house, then only on the floor of your house, then in a room, then in a bed. So as we age, our environment gets much smaller. So any little change that we can do to improve the quality of life in that tiny little environment improves a vast percentage of the individual's life. (laughs) And you may not be old, but other people that you care about are old. And so it's really important to have that empathy 
so that you are aware of some of the changes that are happening and that they're not just crazy, that mm. these are real changes that are happening and they're happening so gradually that these individuals may not be able to pick up on it. So what are some of the changes from a vision perspective that are happening as we age? Well, let me first start by saying, even though neither of you are old, you have old eyes. The eye is one of the first organs that fully matures, and it matures at the age of three. Since then, it's been going downhill, but very, very gradually, <laughs> thankfully. Some of the, um, the issues with aging are that our pupils become smaller. Our pupils are the diaphragm that allows light in and, and light and information to go into our retina. As we age, our pupils diminish and, and become much, much smaller, so they let less information. Our lenses in our eyes yellow. And as they yellow, what they do is the yellowing filters out much of the, uh, the short wavelength, the blue light that comes in. So things become more warmer as we age. We get things called floaters, and floaters are solidification of, of the vitreous fluid in our eye. And what they do is if they get into the, like the two-degree beam that foveal uh, vision comes from, and foveal vision is any time anytime you're looking at something and focusing. So when you're reading, you're, you're using your foveal vision. And if any of these floaters get into that little cone, the light scatters and it takes away from you being able to see. So those are some of um, There are many others. You get much more sensitive to glare as you age. So the fact that, okay, we need more light, just throw light on them. It's not going to work. Other things are accommodation, the ability to go from far to, to close, close to far. That takes more time. And a big one when it comes to trying to design for this is, is adaptation. So going from a light room, a very bright room to a dark room, it takes some time. That's called dark adaptation. And that takes some time. For a 20-year-old, it takes up to 30 seconds to be able to see 80%. And that's a close proximity of your vision. However, as we age, when we get into our 80s, it can take 12 minutes for dark adaptation to occur. Light adaptation happens much quickly. If you've ever gone from a dark area to a light area, it happens really quickly. And there's almost like a pain. But the dark adaptation, getting comfortable in, from light to dark, can take a lot of time. And it, that is something that, as lighting designers and people in the, in the industry, they need to understand that and light properly for transition areas. My grandmother liked those. This was back in the compact fluorescent days. She liked those super blue compact fluorescents that were really bright. But that must have been part of it, is that her vision had gotten yellower so she didn't see this light as blue like I do. That is absolutely true. It's certainly one of the issues. The other, I mean, there's a lot of science behind it. Our peripheral vision, which takes up a majority of our eyesight, has a greater sensitivity in blue. And so if you have that type of light, it, it looks like the whole place is a little brighter. So it seems like this would also play a big role in safety for a home as someone ages in their home. You're 100% correct. I mean, safety is, is a huge issue. I mean, I would say that's second to empathy, but they certainly work together. And especially on, on a place like stairs or any kind of elevation deviation. As another aspect of our aging is as we age, our ability to pick up contrast diminishes. So we need to improve on that contrast. And so we need to improve the contrast on a stair for this stair to that stair. But luckily, contrast is one of, of the five lighting elements to see. So it's size, time, contrast, luminance and age. 
And if one of them is diminished, like if we have poor contrast on a stairwell, we can augment that by increasing the illuminance, or sorry, the luminance, not illuminance. Illuminance is what we measure, but luminance is the reflected uh, thing. So if we can increase the luminance of the task, it can counteract poor contrast, but it's so much easier to just increase contrast where required. So you mentioned earlier that Liz and I already have old eyes. So how soon do you need to start thinking about this for lighting your home? Well, that is a, that's a fabulous question. And, and it's hard because you can't go to a customer and say, look, you're old. We need to do this for you. But nowadays, controls are such, they're ubiquitous almost in, in the industry. Anytime after 40 or something, you can add controls. But what you'll do is from a controls perspective, you'll, you'll light it to 50% of, of what the load is might be perfect for someone at 40. And then they have the ability as they require to increase the level of light as they age. And it'll be so gradual, people won't notice it. Is that one of the main tips for lighting for the aging eye, just making it so you can pump more light into the room as you need to? What other things might you consider for creating a design that will age with the occupant? Well, that's a great question. And one of the key things to take away is contrast. And, and that's not necessarily lighting. That's a design perspective. So please, like the empathy to be aware of the fact that as we age, we can't pick up contrast as well. So stairwells need to have some kind of contrast in order to make it better. I think controls is the strong takeaway for lighting for the future. And, and that's, we're talking about someone that, who's 40, but if someone who's in like my age, I, I just turned 60. I know I don't look it, but I, I, t- I tell you, I feel it. And the, the, the issues with the eye, if you're aware of them, you can see them that, that you can see them happening. And so someone like myself, I've put lights, a little strip of LEDs a- along our stairwell for the evening. And, then, and that's helped greatly. It's, and again, it's on a control. So it's really low. But as I age, I'm sure I'm just going to complain that the, the strip is dying and I'm going to have to increase it. Because it's not me. It can't be. It can't be. <laughs> of course not. I, I can't be getting old. Yeah, so it seems like LEDs would be really advantageous for lighting for these spaces because the rules of where you can put them are less confined since they put off less heat and give more possibilities. Yeah, I mean, LEDs still produce heat, but they don't produce heat in radiant energy. They produce heat as thermal energy. But nowadays, products are designed so that the heat is not an issue. And if we're talking about something small, like like a, an LED ribbon strip or something, there's not a lot of heat that, that's generated only because we're not using a lot of watts. But I agree with you. I, I think one of the benefits of, of LED in this day and age and, and talking about with seniors is the basic science is the smaller the light source, the better it can be controlled with the fewest amount of losses. So an LED is so small, you can control the light and put it exactly where you need it and not allow it to go where you don't need it. Because as we age, we also get much, much increased sensitivity to glare. So it's important to understand to put the light where it's required and not where it's not. So the idea of just blasting a lot more light into the room is not necessarily the solution. The solution is very targeted, focused light, like you say, where you need it. Absolutely correct. And it's task dependent, right? I mean, as we age, a smaller task, let's say I do sewing. So it's a very small task. I'm going to need more light in order to do that small task than if I'm smashing a rock with a hammer, which is is more (laughs) like what I do than sewing. So I need a great deal more light to do that smaller task than I do a larger task. 
So you have to be cognizant of what's being done here. Where do I need to put the light? And it's interesting to me that one of the takeaways isn't about light at all. It's about the contrast. So if I've got a dark wood floor with dark wood stair treads, maybe just paint the riser white. You know, it's something to make it clear where the steps are. Absolutely. Because I'm, a, I'm familiar with this topic, and I've been familiar with this topic since I was in my mid to late 30s, so I, I've got to experience all of this. And there's been a lot of, what is going, oh no, moment. And <laughs> um, one of them was during Light Fair a number of years ago at the Javits Center. And I had just got uh, new um, progressive lenses. So a progressive lens, for, for those in the audience who don't know what it is, you have reading uh, strength here and long distance up there. However, I'm going to the, this escalator, and it's a two-story escalator. And I'm going down, and I'm looking straight without moving my head, which now I do easily. And I just look, and I couldn't see because it was out of focus. It, I was looking through the reading portion of the person. And I couldn't see that there was no contrast on the escalators. And I almost took a two-story fall down the escalator. And then I grabbed on, I got in. Luckily, I've got a size 12 feet. So I, I mean, oh, thank goodness I have big feet. And it's like times like that, you don't realize, and all of a sudden it happens. And you have to be aware that this, and this is just a normal thing, gradual that occurs. Yeah, so you need to be prepared for it, you know, sooner than yeah. you might think. It happens quickly. And then once it happens, it's sort of like, oh, no. But you get used to it. And that's, it's sort of like the yellowing of the eye. Uh, there's not a single person, I believe, in the audience or who's listening, who's, who's over 60, that's, that thinks that their lenses are yellowing. But let me assure you that they are. It's just done so gradually that we don't notice. I know mine aren't. So, you know, I'm the exception. Yes, you are. <laughs> are there other lighting design tips? Are there things about the placement of the light besides focusing it, besides the contrast of the surrounding environment? Are there other things to know about the placement? How should you measure what enough light is for a particular user? Well, I would recommend the, um, there's an IES RP28, Lighting for the Ages, but also on the ALA website, you have a publication called Lighting Your Way to Better Vision, and that's a free download from the ALA, and, and it's also a free download at the IES, and I strongly recommend getting that. From a design perspective and everything, I'll show you something that's one of the most important tools for lighting for seniors, a mirror. Now, if you're designing and, and lighting, go and take a mirror. Be careful because sometimes the mirror is really scary. Anyway, so, <laughs> so what you need to do is find out where the tasks are in your home. Where am I reading? Where am I watching television? Where am I doing my dishes? Where am I cutting food? Take this mirror, place it down on your task, and go to do the task. If you see a light fixture or luminaire in the air reflecting into your eyes, that's glare. And you can try to augment it. So you can have a wonderful under-cabinet LED, but if it's angled such that you can see it in your mirror from your kitchen countertop, it's going to cause glare. And as we age, it's going to be more and more discomforting. So the idea is if I put the mirror where my cutting board is and the mirror shows me a light, then my white cutting board is going to be reflecting a bright light. And that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And the surface, if it's a wooden block or a white cutting board, it's probably diffuse. So it's not coming directly at you. That's why you need to use a mirror because a mirror is purely specular. So you'll be able to see it better. However, it, there's still the same uh, reflection and uh, like angle of reflection angle is the same as the angle of incident. So you're still getting that, although it is going to be diffused. But over time, it, it, it can cause a problem. 
So speaking of being empathetic, do you have recommendations for how people can have conversations about lighting for the aging eye or improving the lighting in their home in a showroom environment with a customer with while still being empathetic and not seeming that you're, for instance, you know, you can't go calling people old all the time, make them feel bad about themselves. <laughs> but like you said, that's the lucky ones. So, yeah, well, I think it's just you ask them if they have any people like any friends or relatives that are, are over 60. You don't suggest that they're over 60. And, and then just explain to them that as we age, the uh, lighting in our home becomes more and more important. And then discuss it from there. I think that's the in as opposed to, to say, hey, Tom, look at your white hair. Um, you must be old. I need to give you old lighting stuff. That's probably <laughs> going to turn the customer off. Wait, I, mean, I, I have tons of gray hair and I'm 32. So <laughs> well, there, you, there you are. I was pretty gray when I was 32. So but. Well, you kind of started it off great by saying, you know, your eyes are old starting at three. You know, three is the peak for your eye. So you don't have, you know, if you're 16, your eye's already well past its prime. So yeah, it, it's not a, um, a linear change. I mean, it, it certainly becomes uh, exponential, but it does change. I mean, I loved your seminar title at Lightovation, Improving Life by Improving Light, I think was part mm. of it. Um, yep, that's it. Yeah. Improving Light. Yeah. One of my greatest joys in my career was I found out that a young woman engineer who sat in on, on one of my presentations at one point, when she got back to Edmonton, she chastised the owner saying, we can improve these people's lives. We can improve their lives. Because, I mean, as we get older, we, we get more and more conditioned. We're just in a room. And she won an award. Her, her engineer partners were so pleased with her standing up and doing that that she won an award from them. And she came back and let me know. And I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever been as proud of the work that I do. And she told me that. Well, it has a huge impact. Like you say, as your world contracts from the world to the neighborhood down to a bed. So, I mean, I think about hospitals I've been in with the big fluorescent bright light right over the bed. And can you imagine being there 24 hours a day, seven days a week? That's something to consider. Right. And even in a hospital bed or a long a long term care facility where they've got this, there's assisted living and that type of thing, well meaning caregivers will go into the, uh, oh, how come the curtains are closed and go, and the, the glare becomes blinding and painful. So it's just a question of being more aware because that person is trying to do the individual in the room a favor and, and try to, to look out for them. But they're not aware of the fact that sunlight coming directly in their eyes is going to be very discomforting. What didn't we ask? What would you like to leave us with that we haven't asked you yet? One of the big things, Justice, is the empathy. And I would encourage more education. And the IES and the ALA are, are two great places for that. I really agree with that. I think this is opening an opportunity to, I mean, even for me, if my parents are here or whoever may be in my home, if I have the opportunity to make my home more comfortable for them and safer, mm-hmm. then I would love to do that with lighting. So I, this is such a good conversation that you can have with any customer, like you said, regardless of their age. Yeah. And uh, when I do my presentation, I, I, there's a number of stories that are true life stories that I've either experienced or people close to me have experienced. And a lot of the times the older individuals are dismissed as crazy or that's just weird. Where in fact, it's just a question of, of being able to see they, and they won't be able to see 
So I had a friend who worked as a receptionist at a long-term care facility. And this one long-term care facility was one of those that you start off and, and it's just an apartment for a senior and then there's assisted living and it goes all the way to total hospital. So it's all in one, in one room. And one of these guests, she used to be able to go and walk around during the summer and she'd walk around the block, all the way around the block to get sunshine and because she was able to get some exercise. Then every single time when she would come in, in the summer, she'd en enter the, the room into the lobby and stay there. And at one time, I, I'm there, and, an, and another individual who was doing reception at that time, I said, oh, look, look at that the woman, because I was about to say it. And, she was, and the receptionist says, oh, this is Mrs. She's just crazy. She does that every single time. Where she's not crazy, She's just blind because she's come from outside with all of that light level and then into the transition area, the lobby, and it's dark. And it takes seniors up to 12 minutes to get 50% of adaptation, dark adaptation. And she's not crazy at all. And there's a lot of old people that, that aren't crazy at all. You want to know why people wear uh, the old ladies with, with the blue hair? They, wear, they put blue in their hair because their eyes have yellowed and the blue makes it look like their hair is white. As opposed to if you didn't have that blue rinse, the white hair to an elderly individual will look sort of yellowish. So all of these crazy people may not be crazy at all. It's, it's just empathy. Like we need to think about what they're dealing with. And it's happened so gradually people don't know. It's so easy to be locked in your own experience that taking a minute to think about, okay, what could possibly be the actual reason for this you know, that's a lesson we could learn in so many areas of our lives. So in, in everywhere. But the thing is, we don't all have time. I mean, we, we don't have time to put ourselves in everybody's shoes all the time. And that's unfortunate. But if we have a general understanding of what we're going through as, as we're aging, I think that will go a long way, especially from a design perspective and lighting for sure, because there's nowhere, nowhere that you can improve someone's quality of life better than with lighting as we age. There's nothing. There's nothing you can do. Well, maybe throw a lot of money at them. <laughs> I think that's a great message to end on. I completely agree. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. It's been an honor. Thank you. I love the takeaway of being more empathetic. I know, you know, like Tom said, we don't always have the time to put ourselves in everyone else's shoes and in every interaction that we sure. have. But I do think if you're in a in a retail sales environment, if you are in an environment where you're working with customers to light their homes, being empathetic and approaching each of those situations as unique and considering you know that customer's unique needs is a great message that you could take, whether it's for the aging eye or just specific needs in their home, who's living in their home that might have special requirements as far as the lighting goes. I really love that. I think that's really true. And no, you can't put yourself in every little minute detail of every one situation, but being aware of taking a moment to do that when you can, when you should, is a nice reminder. Yeah. And like Tom said, there are a lot of resources out there on ALA's website and IES to help you learn more about lighting for the aging eye. We can do more podcasts on it. If you want to hear more, let us know. You can always email us at podcast.alalighting.com. You can also come to the ALA conference in Lake Tahoe this September and learn more about lots of different lighting things. We would love to have you there. ALAconference.com for that. Yeah, please register and join us there. It's 
It's such an important industry event. It's about stepping away. Someone said to me recently, you sometimes have to step away from your business in order to learn about your business. An ALA conference gives you that opportunity. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you to Hinkley and Kitchler Lighting for supporting this podcast. Stay brilliant. 